0: we're celebrating the power of black history you've been pushed back held back overlooked underpaid and overworked you're inside the mom stuff coffee shop a podcast dedicated to helping you get back up again turning your pain into power and your trauma into triumph i find joy in helping you get back up again i am your host kk smith and welcome to today's show we have a powerful show for you today Today, I am interviewing Genesis Kemp, author, speaker, and entrepreneur. Genesis decided not to take it anymore. She took her life by the horns and became the author of Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace. Today, friends, we have so many gems that Genesis dropped on us, and I cannot wait for you to hear them genesis brings the power of being seen and being heard and realizing just because there are people that are waiting to take your opportunities you do not have to stand for it you can stand up be bold be heard and make your own path and friends i am super excited for this interview today we can finally step up, be bold, and participate in the magic that is our own lives. So let's get started and step inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop.
1: Today, we have an exciting show for you. Today, we are joined by Genesis Kemp. Genesis is the author of Chocolate Drop in Corporate America From the Pit to the Palace. I am super excited about this interview because Genesis is going to drop some gems on us about surviving trauma in corporate america as well as telling her story so genesis welcome to the show thank you for having me okay so i wanted to start off by you telling our audience about your story and what it's what inspired you
2: to write this book chocolate drop in corporate america Sure. So what really birthed my book was frustration. I got tired of hearing no, I got tired of um, being labeled as aggressive when in reality, I felt uh, labeling me as a who is a black or African American woman as aggressive was a form of microaggression, and a form that they were using to put a label on me to keep me Confined. I also got tired of, you know, not being paid for what I was worth, being in a bucket where I know that I was doing the work of a professional, but the company was paying me as an administrative assistant. So I reached my point of saying enough is enough, and I wanted to, you know, speak up, and I also wanted to shed light on the systemic racism that I endured personally while working for this particular oil and gas company. And so that led me to writing my book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. But had I not went through certain trials and tribulations, it would not give me the background or enough substantial information to write my book. So I'm thankful for the things that I endured because that empowered me to move outside of my comfort zone and overcome the labels that were placed on me so now i'm giving hope to black and brown people as well as any individual who has been slided in the workforce so thank you so much
1: what okay so you walked us through what inspired you to write your book could you talk a little bit about actually going through what happened at your job in corporate america
2: yes so it started uh, in 2013 i came into the company as an administrative assistant That was the first red flag because I already had oil and gas experience from a smaller company and I wanted a technical role. And they pretty much told me, okay, there's not a technical position available. Would you take the administrative assistant? I took that role. I was stuck in that role for four and a half years because I kept saying, oh, well, you know, once an admin, always an admin. So I felt like, you know, they sold me something that was glamorous, but once I got into the company, it was not what you know what they made it seem then i ended up switching my entire degree because they offered tuition reimbursement so once i got my degree in december of 2016 i was like okay i have my degree now you know it's in supply chain and logistics technology along with getting two minors so one in purchasing and one in organizational leadership and supervision so I was like, okay, I want to be moved into a professional role. They're like, oh, just because you have your degree now does not mean that we're going to promote you. And I was like, well, you would spend money on my tuition, but now you don't want to get a ROI, which is a return on your investment. So I was like, something is not adding up. If I'm going to take my money and invest it in someone, I want that person to invest in me as well. So it was another hoop that I had to jump through and I knew it had to do with color because There was another lady who was in the same bucket I was in, the administrative and technical pool. She got her degree from the same college that I went to. She got hers in engineering, and I got mine in supply chain. And she automatically moved into an engineering role. But it took me months before I could move into my role. Okay, once I got into the role, finally, it only came because a lady that I had met at a step-out activity, which was a junior achievement event. So happened to be retiring and she put my name in the bucket. So they called me for the position I interviewed and et cetera, which was a little sketchy because if you're already working for the company, it should just be a job transfer, not really an interview process because I'm not fresh off the street. So that was another red flag. So I got the position. I had to commute an hour and a half to two hours one way to work and then an hour and a half to two hours one way home they were still paying me as an administrative assistant they never even increased my salary um to the professional level they bumped it up by a thousand dollars but once you factor in you know driving over 60 miles you know one way the tolls and et cetera it's not it's not even you know comparable to what what the thousand dollar you know increase was so i um remained in that role for 11 months during that time i got engaged And then I was like, okay, I can't keep, you know, being away from my family because I'm spending so much time commuting to and from work. And then it was the time I was supposed to be planning my wedding, which my husband ended up planning our entire wedding by himself, except for the dress and all that. (laughs) So then I asked for a transfer back to headquarters. They told me, oh, well, there's a brand new role that was created. You'll have to interview. So here we go again, interviewing for a role when I'm already an employee. Fast forwarding, I got the role. I had no experience in trade regulations, no experience in export. So I literally was thrown to the walls. But you know, I thank God for you know leading me and guiding me through that job and me knowing how to network and learn the ins and out really quickly. And that is what you know helped me survive. And here I am three years later still in the same role But recently, I was finally paid what I was worth after seven years of working with the company. And it only came because I spoke up during the whole Black Lives Matter movement in the VP's meeting. And people say, oh, why would you do that in a vice president's meeting? And I was like, why would you not? And at that point, I had nothing to lose because I felt like I was mentally and emotionally exhausted and I was checked out. So whenever he called on me and he's like, can you talk about a time that you have endured racism, whether in the workplace or at home? And I gave two examples, one in my personal life with, you know, my nieces and nephews who are biracial, two being Caucasian and two being half Indian. And then I talked about, you know, my experience while working for the company. And I kid you not, one week later, I got a 20% salary increase. Wow. And I'm like, okay, yes, this is cool. I'm grateful for the salary increase. I thank God for the salary increase. But for three years while doing this role, I was underpaid by 20%. So if you really wanted to make things right, why didn't you back pay me for the three years where I was underpaid? Right, right. Wow. What an incredible story. So, did this company have affirmative action? Did your company have affirmative action? I am not sure, to be honest, but I know there have been talks about lawsuits against the company, but then whenever you go look for it, you'll find it once, and then the next time, all the information is pulled off. (laughs) So, are you actually still working for this company? I am, but um, I'm getting laid off in February this year, but... I was like, you know what, at first I was bitter about it. But you know, now I'm bittersweet about it, because I feel like it's giving me an opportunity to really focus on my author journey, as well as I know new doors are opening. And the timing couldn't have been more evident, because my dad passed away on November 25th, So the day before Thanksgiving, then you're calling me to tell me you're going to lay me off. So I was like, Okay, Lord, I'm, you know, facing these walls one after another. But you know what? It's my faith that keeps me going and me knowing that it's not just about me, but it's about the younger generation, those people who are coming besides and behind me. Absolutely. And I think the world needs
1: more people to step up for themselves. So which leads me to my next question. How can black women and women in general, but specifically black women advocate for themselves in corporate America?
2: I would definitely tell them to know your worth, first of all, and be confident in who you are, because once you have that confidence, no one can tell you what you're not or who they want you to be because that's not going to fly because you have a solid foundation of knowing who you are, or what you bring to the table, and et cetera. Another thing I would be is continue to educate yourself no matter where you are because I think education is the key. Networking is so vital because people are always like, oh, it's about who you know, but Another thing I would say is who knows you, because sometimes even though you know someone is that person in a position where they can help you get to the next level. Sometimes you need people to know who you are and know what you stand for in order to put a word in for somebody that may be looking for looking for placement or etc so it's important who you know but who knows you as well another thing i would encourage us as black women is that we need to stop being in competition with one another and being able to help each other if you see your black sister that is doing good you know give your black sister a shout out help them if you're in a position to bring up another woman help that woman because you didn't get to where you are by your own. It took all of us standing on the backs or shoulders of someone else, whether that was our ancestors, whether it was the woman that was looking out for us in the corporate sector, or whether it was a friend putting in a good word for us. We're not here by ourselves, so we shouldn't act like we can do it all on our own. So instead of like running this competition, look for ways that we can complement one another and build a lasting partnership. Because if, you, if KK is good in one area and she has assets, why can't Genesis partner with her and two assets become an extraordinary opportunity? Absolutely. I have
1: experienced so much of witnessing this like getting in the room and then absolutely slamming the door behind you and throwing away the key which I was going to touch on that competition and jealousy and envy in corporate America among women. So do you think it can be eradicated? And as you said, we need to come together. So what are some of the other ways that we could just hold the door open for each other when maybe that person is not as skilled and maybe that person is next in line for the opportunity next in line for the promotion but there's another culture and there's a black culture how can we advocate for each other as women
2: so i would say it's okay to you know speak about someone else if they're not in the room by by if you know someone is hiring for a particular skill be like hey have you considered monique or have you considered stacy like i've worked with them you know indirectly on this project, and I think they would be a viable fit. Another thing is We should be reaching out to our allies as well those people who don't look like us and we should be able to understand one another and in order to understand one another it takes time and it also takes us broadening our horizons because every culture is different but if you don't understand that person's culture then you're going to make assumptions or preconceived notions where that could be hurting you and the other person and I tell people, you know what they say about people who make assumptions? You're making an ass out of you and I because you're not going the extra mile to really, you know, demask the person. And I feel like sometimes people put on a mask because they're afraid to let their guards down because they're wondering, okay, what is he or what is she going to say about me? And then I would say is if you have questions, too, don't be afraid to voice your questions. No questions are stupid. If anything, I feel like questions are made to ask. And by you being that bold person to speak up and voice your question and concern, it actually shows your intelligence and it shows that, you know, you are willing to get outside. So I definitely think we could eradicate it, but it definitely is going to take time and commitment by all of us. Um, Also,
1: I wanted to ask you, um, what is your top advice to deal with unfairness in corporate America? Like, What would be your top three tips to deal with unfairness for anybody in corporate America?
2: Call out the status quo. Um, Definitely be the thermometer. So you should set the temperature in the room, not always go with the temperature. Don't be afraid to vocalize your opinion, whether it's for or against the subject matter, because I think we're all entitled to our opinion. And as long as we have, you know, substantial information to back it up, then our voice should be heard. And we are a part of the corporation. So we're not just there to, you know, be a place card for them to check a box, but we're also there to be seen as well as heard. So. We need to exercise our freedom of speech as well, and there is a way that you can do it tactfully and professionally. Another advice I would give to people uh, when they're facing unfairness is definitely understand what the what the corporation's policies are, because you will get more leverage once you know what you know what cards your opponent has. So it's almost like playing chess. Like you really have to analyze your opponent and, you know, strategize. Because I feel like in corporation, you deal with a lot of politics and you deal with people who are politicking. So once you know how that person wheels and deals, then you could set yourself up for success.
1: So let me ask you this. Do you think that skin color within black culture plays a part in promotion or not? Because you and I are brown skinned girls. So do you know if, do you think that skin color plays a significant role as a black woman? We know there's white culture, there's Hispanic, there's Indian, what have you, but as far as the black culture.
2: Yes. And I'm going to answer that in two parts. Um, the first part, I've seen a lot of colorism within the African-American community in itself between light skin, dark skin, mulattoes or whatever. And I feel like, OK, all that's doing is separating us as a race. And just because your skin may be light does not mean that the Caucasian person is going to see you any less than or any better than another black person in their eyes you're still black no matter what what color your skin is or how light or dark you are and then outside of that my other question is uh, my other part of the answer is yes you know skin color does matter because i've seen them promote a person that is non-black faster than an african-american person who When in reality, the African-American person knew more, they had more seniority, but just because the other person was buddy buddies or part of the good old boy club or part of the clique, they got promoted. But then the same person that got promoted, those are the same people that are going to the African-American people. Oh, can you do this engineering calculation? Or can you help me with this contract? Or can you help me do this? So I would like that really irks my nerves why can we not promote the best person for the job take away the color take away the bs and promote whoever the best candidate is based on you know their education based on their skill sets based on their years of experience and etc why does it have to be about is color why does it have to be about favoritism nepotism and all of that okay thank you so much
1: for that so I also wanted to ask you as far as corporate America, what is the
2: hardest thing that you've dealt with personally? Just the hardest thing. Um, I would definitely say this racism stuff. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say this, uh, the racism stuff is because at this company, it took me seven years to... Finally get paid for what I was worth. It took me seven years to finally, you know, be giving a given a shot when I knew what I was capable of. Um, I wouldn't even say sexual harassment. None of that really fazed me because I knew how to nip it in the butt. But whenever you're faced with systemic racism that turns into oppression due to the way that you look, it does get to you because at the end of the day, you know, I have a family to to take care of you know I want to accomplish some things that similar to what they're doing but if the money is not there it makes it a lot harder and and I also wanted to
1: ask you as far as you seem like you have a lot of strength a lot of um, fortitude a lot of just a good foundation from within so how can women Stand up, really stand up on the inside, because I know we talked about um, a lot of fear in corporate America and, you know, the good old buddy system and competition and, and, you know, backbiting and all of that. So how can you come in corporate America authentically, standing up in who you are
2: and just on the inside? My faith has really helped me and i would also tell people me going to the pit whenever i was in a dark place in my life 11 years ago and i went through depression which led to oppression during that season of isolation and loneliness like you know i fell in love with someone and that person was me i learned how to love me unconditionally and what genesis what genesis means who genesis is and what my purpose is and my purpose is not to shrink back it's not to remain quiet it's not to have a muzzle on my mouth but it is to be an authentic strong black woman that is fighting and advocating for people that look like me because when i think about the people that went before me who lost their lives and i think about you know my parents being immigrants and me being a first generation american and how hard my parents had to work whenever they came over to this country if i don't you know be my authentic self and i don't show up and show out every day then not only am i letting myself down but i'm not being a good role model for those younger Um, black black girls, those younger brown girls, as well as any girl who's looking up to me. So I have to really show up and, you know, be that face. And, you know, like I tell people, you got to walk it like you talk it. But if you never go through life, then can you honestly say that you're being authentic and i have to tell people yeah i talk about my scars now because the scars are a part of who i was but it doesn't mean that those scars left me hindered if anything i'm greater for those scars and the things that i endure so when you go to corporate america you have to understand the game you don't have to play the game but you have to just understand how things work you don't have to compromise your morals or your values and you just have to remember okay When you walk into that company, who you are, what do I stand for? And is what I'm standing for a mirror image of the corporation? And if not, how can I set myself apart? Now, is there anything special that you would like our audience to know
1: about you that you might have not talked about yet?
2: Yeah, I would definitely uh, (laughs) want them to know that, you know, I'm still very young. I'm only 29 years old. Um and I definitely, you know, celebrate all the wisdom that I have from, you know, having older siblings and, you know, and being so in touch with my parents, even though I lost one recently. But I also want to encourage people to, you know, practice self-care and self-awareness and don't get to the point of where you're burnt out because you're so busy pouring into everyone else that you never have time for yourself. And I definitely encourage people out there to understand your purpose and your passion. Your passion, it should be what fuels your purpose. Amen. So now this is the part of our show. It's called Something to
1: Sip On. And I'm going to ask you three amazing life questions. So the first question is, what are you working on in this season of your life?
2: Right now, I'm just chilling for the moment until my dad's funeral this week. Then I plan on getting back on doing more podcasts. I had a goal to be featured on 29 podcasts before the end of the year. So I've been featured on a little, yeah, over two dozen, been in a few magazines. And then I am going to be starting my own podcast with two other ladies who are going to be joining forces. And I'm just, you know, praying about the next book that I want to release because the, my current book that I have out now, there is another part to it because like I recently got the 20% increase. Then I found out that I was going to be laid off then my dad passed away. So I feel like that is still part of the story. But since I didn't, you know, go through that, while I was writing the book, I couldn't really talk about it. And the next
1: question I have for you is what brings you
2: joy? Oh, my family, definitely my family, my husband, my mom, um, me knowing who I am, and just You know, my faith in God, that brings me joy. Like whenever I feel like I'm, you know, down and out, I just think about all the things that God has brought me through and why I need to push. And the last question is, what has been your greatest life lesson? Oh, that's a good one. Never letting people place limitations or barriers on you. That's a wonderful
1: life lesson that we all can grow on. And Genesis, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for being here. And I also want to tell you that I'm praying for you, for you to get through your dad's loss. And I recently lost my mom in 2018, so I know it's a journey of ebbs and flows of emotions. So I'm definitely praying for you to get through this. Um, and I just thank you for being an advocate for the world, for women, for equality, for equity and inclusion and i just think you are wonderful and you're going to be so great and explode in this world you're going to be a champion of change and i just i just bless your journey and thank you so much for being here
2: thank you so much and sorry about your mother as well because people always say with time it gets better but you know those memories are always going to be there but We just have to be thankful that they're no longer suffering it. You know, they're in a better place.
1: Yes. Yes. Amen. Well, thank you so much. And I'll be tuning in. And how can people get in touch with you? How can they purchase your book? And what is the complete title? And how can they reach you on all platforms? Okay.
2: So I'm on Facebook as Genesis. That's G-E-N-E-S-I-S. Amaris. A-M-A-R-I-S. Last name Kemp. I have an author page as well under Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. I am also on Instagram at Lady Diaz and Deborah Richardson, and that's R I C H A R D S O N. My book is available on Amazon, so I have the paperback book for $13. So very inexpensive. And then I also have a Kindle version available for $2.99. And if you have Kindle Unlimited, I believe the book is accessible on that platform as well. And I think it's free with Kindle Unlimited. So the full name of the book is Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace. All
1: right. So thank you, everyone, for listening to Genesis Kemp. Drop her wisdom inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop. And I'm so glad you joined us and go check out her book and follow her on all her social media sites. So, friends, until next time, just remember, you can always celebrate wins and get back up again inside the Mom Stuff Coffee.